Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And it's our one year anniversary episode. week, though. Next week, but we're doing it early. We're doing it the Korean style where, like... When you're born, you're already 18. When you're... (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, in Korea, if you're 26, then technically you're 27 because they count the gestation period. Yeah. As a year. I always, my theory on that is because like when I was a kid, I grew up in Korea. Yeah. They're so intense about who's older. Like right. if you're older, you get all the rights. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, I have to go first. I'm older. Like as soon as you're born, you're thrown into that. Like mm-hmm. when I was three, everyone was like, you get in the, in the back because you're the youngest. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone wants to be older. That's my theory. So that's what we're doing on this podcast. Yeah. We are t- officially it. turning... Our podcast is one years old now. It's two in Korean. <laughs> We've been in the game for forever. Yeah. But before we go into the celebration, we have to fulfill our Patreon shoutouts. I'm so ready for it. Are you kidding me? All right. Straight to business. Our first Patreon shoutout goes to Andy Jimenez. Andy. Young me is closing Andy. her eyes. So I'm, manifesting I'm an image. I'm the psychic vibes. Andy, and if you guys I'm don't know, feeling... we guess your sex style based on the name. And also, I get psychic vibes, okay? Don't, okay. <laughs> don't discount my psychic vibes. I don't mean to undermine your talents and skills, young me. I'm, get, I'm feeling shy. Shy lover. Yeah, I'm getting shy vibes. Mm. Shy, like, shy to the end. Like, even you when you're what? like... I'm getting the same vibe as you. Right? He's, he, Andy is the type of person who will, he'll tell you, let's wait. Even when the P's in the V or the, you know, the P in the B or the P to P, whatever, whatever. Whatever, Andy's whatever is whatever going on. Whatever the genitals are, even on the genitals, I feel like Andy's a little shy. Kind of shy. Open up a little, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our first shout out, we are Lost absolutely shitting on him. <laughs> All right. Next. Our next shout out goes to Koji Yamamoto. Okay, let me get, let me feel the psychic vibe. What would you start, Brian? What, are, what vibes are you getting? The vibe I'm getting from Koji Yamamoto is super into BDSM. Really? Yeah, that's mm. the vibe I'm getting. That's what you're getting? Heavy BDSM. I'm with a, a sprinkle hair- of Bushwick sex party vibes. Ooh, that sounds so hot. <laughs> <laughs> you just said the, my 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 uh, turn on word Bushwick. <laughs> I just got excited. <laughs> um, I'm seeing a haircut again. I'm what- seeing like a super like. Lots of wax and gel, but it's long. Which is in lot. I think we're guessing the same thing because yeah. long, waxy, fuck vibes. Harry. Yeah. Yes. yes. Koji is the always like talking way too much about their sex life in At a group work. setting. Yeah. Like corporate lunch. Yeah, you know, it's pretty chill weekend. Fucking did a threesome at a sex, sex party. It was okay. It was whatever. Had, uh manager a supervisor they would have to have an hr meeting with him but fortunately he owns his own company (laughs) (laughs) all right next justin chan justin chan now there's some backstory there's backstory young me i'll let you well justin has hit us up asking to be roasted right so justin dm'd our personal instagrams sent us a message on patreon yeah emailed us yeah specifically 
asking to go get roasted. Which, sexually. Sexually, which you're laying all the cars out on the table and the cars are showing you are extremely into humiliation. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, like, yes. You are the only Patreon donor. Thank you very much for your donation. But you are the only person to hit us up on multiple platforms <laughs> demanding to be roasted. And I hope this gets you off, Justin. Like, it's the... It's the kind of stuff that this is weird because I used to live in San Francisco. Okay. And like every party like 10, year, 10 years ago that I would go to or like even like 10, 15 years ago, like they were so freaky deaky back 15 years ago in San Francisco. Like every party you'd walk into and somebody would be like hanging by their nipples to the ceiling <laughs> or something. There'd always be some sort of like freaky like burning man shit going on. Like right. once I went to a party and people had like injected saline into their nutsack. Like oh all of them were walking around like that. Oh my God. But there's so much of that weird stuff happening back then that it like was nor like it never like freaked me out. Right. You know, it was kind of normal. This, this is like Justin, you know, uh, and I want to add that there's always like that urban legend of the type of porn where it's like a guy getting his nutsack stepped on by a high heel. <laughs> Ju- that's Justin's nutsack. Look, that's Tuesday night for him. <laughs> this is lunch break. That's nothing. Right. So Justin it's stuff that we've never even imagined. He's doing it. Yeah. See, this isn't us guessing, Justin. This is just us knowing we what know. you're into. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our next Patreon shout out goes to Donby Lee Hong. Donby is very active on feeling Asian yes. social media. Yes. And they're they, always and on the live and commenting on the live. They're always on the live and they specifically wanted to be roasted with accuracy. So they informed us that they are queer and non-binary. I feel like, you know, I feel like anyone that's hitting us up has some freaky deaky, freaky deaky going on, you know? Like what's, they're not afraid of anything. So how are they freaky, you think? Unfortunately, Donby sounds like Bambi. So I'm getting this (laughs) image of like, Bambi with like a ball gag in it, which I feel like is like a thing. It's like a furry thing. Oh, so, so somewhat similar to I'm one of our earlier guesses. Accusing Donby of being a furry, yes. Donby is a furry <laughs> and they Pers- love they love persona. getting their mouth stuffed with a ball gag. <laughs> okay, I wanna one of one of these days I wanna do an episode about furries. They're kinda hot. <laughs> Moving on. Ooh, what a huge relief. You, you seem, there's a levity to you now, young me, after that confession. <laughs> That's what's going on with me. Okay, our last shout out goes to Robert. Robert. <laughs> Although, I know Robert is a friend of the podcast based on their email, but I don't know if I want to dox him that hard. Oh, okay. Robert, friend of the podcast based on your email. Robert. Wow, Robert is so little to work with. He's old school. He's madman style. Robert works a corporate job, but yep. he but Robert on his lunch breaks has a mistress who works retail at like an upscale boutique and just bangs them in a Chelsea hotel. Yes, that's like the vibe I'm definitely getting from the name Robert. Right. She's like 22. Tells she has red hair. He pays her rent. He pays her rent. And then he and tells- she lives like in the Lower East Side too. And he has a great secretary who keeps this a secret. It's not like the 60s where the rent was $200 a month. It's like <laughs> $3,000 a month. Robert's right. making some money. Robert- His wife went to Harvard. Don- and now she watches his children 
but she also is hopped up on Valium and doesn't give a fuck. She, does not, she has not given a fuck since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> since the nipple parties in San Francisco. <laughs> Which Justin Chan the last thing she hosted weekly. Justin Chan. He's still going. Um, he's, he's joining in on Zoom. Everyone, thank you for your donations. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in donating to our Patreon, check us out on patreon.com slash feeling Asian. We have exclusive content there, which, you know, all these guys who just donated, they know what's up. They get that. Crazy dating stories on there. This is an exciting episode, young me. It's just us two. And we're here. Right. This is going to be a very anti, un-Asian of us to bask in our accomplishments. And I'm just counting the months. Okay, March to September. That's almost half of the time we were in quarantine. That's fucking crazy. Oh, shit. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the first six months felt like years. Right. And then the last right. six months flew by because we were just sitting at home. <laughs> shit, half of this podcast has been in quarantine. Well, before we get to the year episode, Brian, how are you feeling? Oh, right. Okay. I forgot. I totally forgot. I was like, what's this podcast called I've again? I've been doing it for a year. <laughs> okay. I have a story and I kind of want your feedback and if I did the right thing or not. Okay. Oh God. Okay. okay so ready. I got dinner with my friend Dylan, who is a white person in K-Town. You, we've mentioned Dylan before. Right. Yeah. Yo, K-Town, it is popping right now. Yeah. I went there. It is Fucking yeah. the entire time I was like, there's no way that this is social distancing and safe. There's literally a DJ playing at every single restaurant. What? It there's looks a like, DJ? yeah, there's like neon light. I mean, it looks sick as fuck. It looks like an outdoor Man, night market. Super fun date. vibes. Great date vibe. Someone crazy popping to K Town. Crazy popping. Now. We got dinner, but here's, here's what's going on. You're in K-Town. BTS mm-hmm. is the most popular band in the world. There's lots of posters hanging up of BTS. Yeah. BTS is crushing the ad game, making tons of money. You see BTS's face plastered everywhere. Now, Dylan and I were eating, and next to us is a couple. I'm going to say it. It was a white guy and an Asian girl. Our favorite. The white guy points, I and uh, Dylan and I were just chilling. We we're eating, but we can overhear them talking. Now the white guy points to one of the BTS posters, uh-huh. and it was uh, two of the members kind of like embracing each other and giving like a cutesy smile yeah. to the camera. Uh-huh. And the white guy goes, "There's no way that those guys aren't gay, right?" Fuck that guy. And, and she's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I mean, it's just weird. Like, look at them." And she goes, "Well." I don't know, like beauty standards are just different and they're really popular. And he's like, yeah, I mean, even if the beauty standards are different, it's just so fucking weird, like how they're into that androgynous look. Like I'm willing to bet money that they're, that they're for sure gay. Otherwise it's just weird. And the entire time, and then Dylan looks at me and he goes, yo, I'm not even Korean. I'm not even Asian. And I'm mad for you right now. <laughs> now I was just waiting for him to continue so I yeah. could kind of chime in and be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yo, you do realize that how ignorant and stupid you sound, right? Mm. But I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Did I do the right thing? Well, Dylan was like, it's good that you didn't say anything because it's not really your bit. Like what? Like this guy's an idiot. Brian, He's you're not- asking the wrong person. Okay. I, if it was me, I'm already sweating so hard. 
I wish <laughs> fist fought him. Yeah. I don't know how many fist fights I've gotten in Koreatown. I'm just kidding. I'm I mean, it was very, yell at people it's just annoying. Cause I'm like, yo, you do realize like yeah. you have these, like what other preconceptions do you have about Asian men? It's so, it's so complicated because number one, right off the bat, I'm going to say, obviously as you know, Brian and I and everyone listening probably knows there's nothing wrong with being gay. For but sure. When you hear someone do it in an accusatory. He does. He means it in a very negative, negative hurtful yeah, way. Like, yeah. Ugh, like, Ugh, I you're he's gay. gay. Like meaning he is homophobic because he's like saying it, but it's like, it's an bad. insult. Yeah. Like if they were gay, they would just say they were gay. Why would anyone not say that in 2020? Do you know what I mean? But right. like, that's all that aside. That's one layer. And then the other layer. layer is the, the racial. The other layer is racial. Yeah. Also, there's a layer of, um, you know, like the, you know, there's a lot of like studies and people talking about how homophobia was pushed by like Western cultures onto mm. other cultures, like in the world, like gender and sexuality was always like other cultures were always like sort of fluid with that. Yeah. And especially in Asia, like in Korea, not even homosexuality, but men showing affection to each other is a very big part of the culture. Mm. And no one accuses them of being homosexual. It's just like if... It's just a part of their culture. Right. But the like Western, like Christian homophobic culture, like shoves that down our throat. Like don't touch other men, you homos. Like that yeah. sort of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's so offensive. Right. And there's and like, also- how fucking dare you come into our culture and tell, tell us like your ideas of what you think is gay or not. It's so weird. It's so fucking offensive. And it's man. also this like Western elitism. Like I admit there's a lot of things I don't know. And yeah, rather yeah. than- just being like, oh, I didn't know that. That's actually really interesting. It's Maybe like, there's like some, gay. exactly. He's like, yeah. oh, well, oh, if, even if they're not, then they're wrong. Cause that's weird. I can't understand this. Why is my penis hard? It's like, shut up. You know, like go figure <laughs> out your own fucking fucked up shit right. before you try to talk to anyone else. And then I, so and, offensive. But, and yeah. And then I was so like, ignorant, but part of me was also, but then also but another then aspect of me tell somebody that cause he's stupid. But another aspect of me, I'm like, why are you dating this guy? I don't know. This fucking Come melted, on. like this dude, yeah, you deserve better Come on, girl. Soon, ye like Previn. you do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> we believed in you, you and your violin skills. I don't, that's racist. Sorry. But like, uh, Come on. Soon Come on you can, you can do better than that melted on, stick of man. butter. You can Why do better. Are you bringing him here. How dare you fucking bring shoe wearing Paul McGee in here with his stupid Birkenstocks? And I'm like, Come on, I'm man. like, you realize you're in K Town. Like, why? Like, wh what? I would have screamed at him. I have like such a short fuse. I've been screaming at people so much, Brian. Right. But I'm like, shut the. Don't fucking bring your dumbass fucking. Ugh, it's yeah. so racist. Also, another layer is like, I think you were about to say this the Western idea that Asian men are feminine and weaker sure. and like female-like or whatever. Whatever, and yeah. mock their sexuality. Yeah. Man, fuck you, man. <laughs> and you know, this is the other thing. Like there's BTS, the biggest band in the world. Like you're right. They're basically billionaires, the, right? They're like the most famous musicians in the world. That have ever existed. And, <laughs> right. and the shitty loser white guy off the street could just be like, I'm better than them because they're gay. You, do you know what I mean? That's white supremacy. Do you know what I mean? White people being like, or, you know, like whenever I see white people making fun of like Serena Williams, yeah, greatest athlete of all time, but they're like, she's like muscular. And I'm like, just some shit. Remember that like shitty, like French or Australian, like comic artist that like drew her like 
really oh, racist. Right, 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 right. It's like the greatest athlete of all time and a shitty white guy can just take them down because like they, yeah. they're so like obsessed with being better than everyone else. Yeah. It boils my blood. Ugh. But it was a, it was an eye opening moment for our friend Dylan because Dylan was like, yo, I'm getting mad for you. And Dylan should have like, said something because that's like, you know, white men can say th- things like that to white men and Dylan's like six, four and like super muscular <laughs> doxing that, him. right you now. Know, <laughs> the other guy, the other guy would have been like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And he's like, Oh, a fellow white. Yes. I will listen to you. I respect your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like if anyone can say anything. It's Dylan, honestly. Right. But that's my story. How are you feeling? Young me? I'm sorry, Brian. That's no, all good. Good for Dylan. Um, so God, I don't want to really talk about this cause I feel like it's too emotional. And I can't really, I have too many emotions about this, but so we're closing the Manhattan restaurant. No. I, I can say this because by the time this comes out, it'll be, we will already have told the staff. Mm. Um, so the Manhattan restaurant's closing. We have to tell the staff. And it's sad because they're losing their jobs. And, you know, like we basically, it's weird being a business owner because I'm just in so much debt that like it doesn't even feel like anything. It's just like piling on more debt. And so it's like. Right. It's like, it's just this, this singular state of. Yeah. Like just debt. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, oh, we can stay open longer and then we can just have more debt. And I'm like, uh, uh, no. But then I'm like, who cares at this point? Cause like, I'm just bankrupt forever. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's right, like a right. weird feeling. Um, I don't think I've really processed it, but weirdly though, I have processed a lot of it because in March when we had to close, I was like, we can't afford to be closed because we're already what do you mean in by, Were you? What do you mean in March when you were closed? Were you because already closed before? Oh, We shut right. down and I was like, oh, I knew that restaurants operate. I don't know if a lot of people know this. Most restaurants operate in debt. Mm, yeah. Right? Like you work off your debt after a few years mm. and then you start like making your sweat equity back. Ah, I see. So you basically for, for the first few years and for a lot of restaurants, it's five years. You're just you in the are red. paying somebody back. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we were doing. And, and like, what, cause you're already in the hole, like every restaurant, I'm not even like, you know, like mission is like a popular restaurant. Yeah. Every restaurant that you walk by today, if you're walking by New York city is in debt already. And yeah. so that's why, you know, quarantine hit and everyone shut down. Cause they were just like, we were already just like digging ourselves out of a hole. Like I've always had an understanding that, especially high end restaurants, yeah. like they carry a lot of cultural capital. Yeah. However, the margins are like, they don't make money. The margins are very thin. So I think it's called like a vanity investment. Like mm. a lot of times, like bankers will put a bunch of money in to like own part of like per cool, se, yeah. or, you know, like Momofuku or whatever. Right. They can say, I own Momofuku and then they can take their friends into dinner or whatever. Like that's why a lot of investors do it. Like they do it knowing that they're going to lose money mm. or break even. Anyway, so the Manhattan location is going to close and we're probably <sighs> going to eventually close the Brooklyn one. And it's going to shift to like a to-go concept. But, you know, I, like I said, I processed a lot of it in March because I thought I didn't know we were going to reopen at all. Yeah. So I'm actually okay, but also I feel very angry, very, very angry. And I'll, event- I'll probably eventually openly talk about this later on once it's all said and done. Yeah. But I don't know if you remember when Danny was on the podcast, we talked about this former employee that right. was lying. I feel so angry about it because, you know, I should have come out and just said, 
this person's lying. Mm. But I didn't. I held back because I was like, all the PR people were like, don't, you know, just don't mess there's with a little, Yeah, there's a person. lot of like, people involved. Yeah, and, and yeah. they were like, she's lying. And if somebody's lying constantly, you don't know how extravagant their lies are going to get. So just let her, let her go. Right. But it's just like sitting and it's like boiling my blood. So, mm. you know, like eventually I think when everything's said and done, I'm just going to like say my piece and just say, because like some of the lies are just so, so preposterous. Like they're, they're like humorous almost because they're so insane. Mm. So I'm just getting ready. I'm gearing myself up to be like publicly making statements about the restaurant closing, mm. you know, publicly, like basically telling my side of the story, which I haven't really done. Mm. And I'm like, kind of like preparing myself for all that, but it'll like blow, you know, I feel like the restaurant's going to close. I'm going to save my piece. I'm going to like, my hands will be clean and then I can move on. Yeah. I'm at the tip of starting this very dramatic chain of events. That's going to happen basically the next few weeks. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. I'm sorry. You're going through a lot. I'm hanging out with Mino a lot. <laughs> we, were, we had to quarantine, but our COVID test just got back today, by the uh-huh. way. Negative. So Ooh. anyway, that's it. Should we go get on with our year anniversary episode? Let's do it. So, well, first we should celebrate this. This is like crazy that we've been doing this for a year. Yeah, we did. And I know. And I want to say before we even start talking about how great the podcast is, which is awkward. Um, <laughs> I just want to say like, thank you so much for everyone that's listening right now. That means you, because like, I did not expect that people would want to listen right. to us. To- I mean, I like talking to you obviously. Yeah. And I like talking, saying things that are like maybe too much information all the time, but like <laughs> I didn't expect that we would have these, this many listeners. Yeah. And it's been such a pleasant surprise. Thank you for your support. I, it, it is a very, difficult thing to do for anyone is to just publish any work that you make because yeah uh, and especially with something like this where we're really just exposing ourselves and yeah uh we open ourselves up to criticism and don't know how it's going to be received and we reveal like the good and bad sides of ourselves and just to be able to have like very supportive and awesome listeners who feel the same things that we feel and are very vocal and uh, it, it's very rewarding and it makes this all worth it because young me and I kind of started this as sort of an exploration and in the process we've kind of gotten to understand ourselves a lot better and found other people who are doing like going through the same shit and it's it's great yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always like so flattered when somebody says like, oh, I understand exactly what you're going through. And it also feels really good for me because I think the, I think the nature of like mental illness or mental health issues is yeah. that it makes you feel like you're the only one that's going through it. Yeah. Especially if you're coming from like an Asian background where that's not really discussed. So people are like, if there's something wrong or like you feel wrong quote unquote wrong or bad yeah you feel like you're literally the only person that's ever felt that way right it's extremely lonely and even to this day when people dm me and they're like i know exactly what you're going through i'm like oh my god wow i thought i I was the only loser here (laughs) totally i I know exactly how you feel even when you're talking about your ed oh like there's so we have so many messages about that (laughs) 
Um, well, that kind of leads me to my follow-up question to you, young me. Yeah. How would you say your life has changed since doing the podcast? Are there any surprises or... I feel like I'm... I I mean, this is like very uh, like superficial, but yeah. I'm very good at when I'm discussing stuff, mm. like just with my friends, mm. getting right to the point and mm. knowing exactly how I'm going to say something. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, like, oh, you're saying that since... Oh, you mean like from a logistical talking standpoint like when you speak to people and dialogue you're just straight to the point yeah i know how to say stuff in a way that like you know what i mean because i feel like because when i are you i'm worried about it being interesting right right or if i have a point in my head i really want the point to come through (laughs) so i sort of rehearse it in my head loosely yeah or i try to like i kind of get a sense of that like when i talk to people in conversations i'm in my head i'm like there's a lot of dead air. Like, I got to edit this out. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Like, I got to get right to the point. I'm like, just get to the point. I got to edit. I got to edit. This is a lot of editing. This going to take a lot of editing that later. That might be like a stand-up thing. I feel like I, I've been like that since I started doing stand-up, right? Right, you know, right. when you're talking and you're like, everything's got to hit. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, my life, pretty much the same, except... Every once in a while, I'll get random Asian women coming up to me and being like, hey, I listen to your podcast and I like the part where you talked about how you have erectile dysfunction. Uh-huh. My boyfriend goes to the same thing and I'm like, cool, my life is the exact same, but people just know I fuck bad. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you fuck bad. It just means you have a pressure in your head. <laughs> Whoa, you took that way too sincerely. <laughs> Which weirdly makes it hurt even more. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I guess like my life, I mean, I've had, you know, people coming up to me and saying that they like the podcast. That's like really blows my mind because I'm like, thank you for listening and it feels really good. But I think other than that, I think it's actually big picture is like, this podcast has helped me shift what I want to achieve like in my career, basically, because I Mm. really was focused on standup for a while. Yeah. Right. And then I was like kind of like dabbling with acting. Right. Even though I never really like went to auditions or anything, but I was sure. like starting to like take classes. Yeah. But then I was like, you know, I think I truly just want something like this, like yeah. where, you know, I can just think about ideas. Yeah. And ultimately, um, there's a lot of bureaucracy and bullshit that we have to deal with as Asian American creatives. Yeah. And by like doing this podcast, it, take it's more like straight to the source like yeah. we don't we don't have to appease these like melted stick of butter white people in order to like get jobs you know yeah. i don't i just keep using i learned that from you anytime i describe melted stick of butter they just look like people? a melted stick of butter i don't remember saying that but it sounds like something i would say <laughs> um. and i've learned this from you too where I initially there was a little bit of reluctance and hesitation especially from my immediate family who do listen to the podcast and how yeah. they had their concerns about how much I was revealing or how much I'm publicizing about ourselves. But as a friend, like your entire mantra is if you're just honest, then you really don't have anything to worry about because you're clean. Like your hands are clean. Like you lay it on the table. These are how I'm feeling. It shouldn't be so shameful or stigmatized to have negative emotions or insecurities, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting thing that how powerful of a tool that is for society and how unhealthy of a tool that is, you know, when people 
you know, like that's a big part of Asian culture too. Like, oh, you have mental illness. You better not tell anyone that you're a michinom. It's, like, a, it's a ghost. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to pressure your family and they're going to get chased out. And it's like, why not just be like, bro, I have mental illness. Like, let's all just be out in the open about it. Right. You know? Right, right. And you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to therapy. I'm uh, I'm seeing a psychiatrist and I'm taking the proper measures to help the, get this under control. There should be nothing yeah. to be ashamed about. There's so much power in that. I'm just going to take this moment to also clarify, like, this podcast isn't exclusively about mental illness and no. mental health awareness. Like, we kind of started this as a way to create just a dialogue about what it means to be Asian in America and hopefully provide a platform for like diverse voices. And it's just like a conversation. And honestly, like that's probably one of my favorite parts about this podcast is being able to invite guests and kind of understanding their experiences and sort of what insights they've gathered in their life. And I've learned a lot through this past year. And uh, I wanted to take this moment to reflect on what have been your favorite moments from mm-hmm. our guest episodes uh, in this past year? And do you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. There's a, there's a few episodes that stand out to me. I really, really loved the uh, Karen Chi episode. Yeah. So Karen Chi, check out her episode. She's a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers, but outside of her, her talents as a comedy writer, she's just an incredible, extremely optimistic and positive person yeah. and it's infectious. And as someone like I'm very cynical, mm-hmm. I can be very critical of myself. I tend to see things through a very uh, negative lens. And as I'm trying to be more positive and I gleaned a lot of insight from Karen because yeah. I wanted to understand like how how are you like, are you just genetically predisposed to be this mm-hmm. way? And Karen made a great point of saying like, like for her, it doesn't come natural. Like it takes a lot of hard work yeah. to have to, to radiate this kind of positivity to the point where you fully like buy into it. And she said that a, um, if you want to get better about that, the thing she does and like kind of what her worldview is, is like, even if you see strangers, it's just always trying to take the opportunity to find a reason that you're in love with them. Mm, Do you know what I mean? So like, even with her friends, like even it's hard work. And she said like, you know, even if I see someone on the subway or like a a complete stranger, Mm -hmm. I'll think to myself, Oh, I love this person. Like what, what do I love about them? Mm -hmm. You know? And that's so different from how my mindset is because I'm like, look at this stupid fucking idiot you know i think it's you know i i love people that are positive and Mm -hmm. i like people that are like sort of their minds go on a different path yeah you know like um like i read about like i think it was like the prime minister of japan or like somebody's wife like every morning she wakes up and she like goes outside and she says hello to the sun and pretends that she's eating the sun's rays and it makes her happy and i'm like that's so kooky and funny and like interesting (laughs) but like you just like you work on it, you work on your brain and you create these pathways in your brain to be positive. And that's how your brain becomes. It's like a muscle, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what I love about the Karen episode? Because I feel like I am also very naturally negative and cynical. And I think I was taught that by my parents. Sure. I was raised to think that positive people are inauthentic. Mm. But I think what I loved about Karen is that it's super authentic. You could see that that's like truly just something that she's really worked hard on doing. And it's not fake at all. Yeah. Um, and something I said on the episode was that like to work on yourself, 
like that to that level it takes so much mental energy and strength. Like right. it's it's truly like something to look up to. For sure. Yeah. So I did love that episode too. What's, and what's another one? So another moment that I really loved is our episode that we, it was one of our earlier episodes that we did with um, Arpana Rayamaji. Oh yeah, yeah. And she is. Check out her work. She's an incredibly talented jewelry designer. She's grew up in Kathmandu in -hmm. Nepal. I'm going to bring up how a big motivation for me to do this podcast in the first place was this frustration that I felt as an Asian American doing Mm stand-up because the medium of stand-up itself, it works off of a lot of like stereotypes, generalities, and sort of audience expectations because that's how humor is just created. Mm -hmm. It's like a subversion of expectation. Um, you know, that's why in the mainstream, like mainstream stand-up comics, you know, it's like you have Bill Burr, like he's a conception of what you think a South Boston guy is mm-hmm. or Amy Schumer. She like, we all know that type of like white girl who likes to party a lot. Like we, yeah. like we have an idea, yep. but like, f- I felt that that was kind of lacking in the Asian, like there really isn't a super mainstream famous Asian American comedian, because I think that we just lack cultural touch points to create a fuller, more vivid picture. So as a comedian, I felt there was just a lot of like explanation that I was doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've realized that that also, that's also short sighted of me. And I've learned, got to learn through so many awesome uh, listeners and who've taken the time to kind of educate us that my idea of Asian American is very much rooted in like the privilege that comes with being Korean Mm -hmm. and that comes with looking East Asian Mm -hmm. because we are like, when people think Asian, they think us, you know? And so with Arpana, she, she, there was a really really great moment where we asked her, we're like, Oh, who are you? Like, cause we asked her like, if you see crazy rich Asians or something like that, does that any part of that like resonate with you? And Mm -hmm. she was explicitly said, no, Cause she's like, you know, growing up, I would see like Bruce Lee, like he, like, I guess I'm supposed to be like into that. Cause I'm, I'm technically Asian, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really like, she said that her role model growing up was like Bjork and right. because like her Bjork is from Iceland yeah, and like Nepal, tiny place. like Nepal is a tiny place too. And she said, you know, Bjork was able to become a very famous artist pursuing her creative passions, mm-hmm. but also came from this tiny place that where no like- one knew of. Exactly. She's like, well, Iceland is more similar to Nepal than China is. Yeah, yeah. You know, but just because we're under this umbrella category yeah, yeah. of uh, Asian. And yeah. it's kind of made me um, have to examine more closely, like what it, like it, it is like an impossible pursuit, you know, to kind of define- the Asian American experience, you know? Yeah. I remember we were talking about that on the live too. It's like the American idea of Asia, Asian is so broad and includes so many cultures at this point. It's weirdly just like, it's basically the rest of the world. That's not white. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so now we're like, we're finding similarities between people that like, you know, are in different cultures. And it's just like, what does any of this mean? I feel more like Bjork than, you know, Bruce Lee. Like that right. makes total sense. And also, yeah, I, I, I remember like during the live, I saw you like really thinking about that and grappling with it. So and I, I, yeah. I always want this podcast to feel like a open dialogue and, 
you know, I'm not perfect. And that's probably like the best parts about doing this is when I have get a chance to challenge my own thoughts. I know, but I, you know? I'm like, I've never heard you say something that was like blatantly offensive about on that topic. Right. You know? But I know there's like, you know, cause my original intention was I want to create a, I want to crystallize like the voice of Asian Americans. Let's invite all these people. Mm, but then, but then it's like, I'm why realizing are we, like you know, people getting to say it. Right. And I'm, and I'm realizing like, what does yeah. it mean to crystal? Like it's, it's impossible to ask. Like yeah. there is no, like, there, that, it's such a hard, like there, I don't even know if that's possible to create. So yeah, like, you know, maybe that's a, like a lesson that we can both learn moving forward is that this is a podcast about us, like you and me as East Asians living in America. Right. And we don't know a lot about most stuff, most period. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't read a book in years. Um, like, so like, don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. Maybe all we can do is just say how we feel. Absolutely. Feeling Asian. Yeah, um, what else? And then I want to bring up, I loved, um, this was a more recent episode that we did with Kimmy Yam. Yeah. Check it out. It such a good episode. Kimmy Yam is great. She is a just a fucking badass person, but she's also like so compelling. She's very compelling. And she's also just a great journalist and she's a reporter for NBC news. Yeah. What did you like about that episode? She, she talked about how she tried therapy. It wasn't really for her. Yeah. That was like a shocker when she said that. I was like, how dare you? This is a therapy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> However, she, her arguments for it made a lot of sense. And yeah, it was eye opening for me because you know, I started this podcast with you around this juncture in my life where I was, uh, it, it was like novel to me, you know, it was like a drug, like, oh my God, I'm, I, I know I can finally put to words how I feel. I'm going to tell everyone how I feel. I want to express this. There's power in this. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel. And Kimmy, she's like level 9,000, you know, like I'm so far from that. And that's something that I'm aspiring well, to. I don't think you should think of it as better or worse. They're they're just different. She's just a different mind's mind For than sure. yours. Sure. And I think that's, I, j- I just say that because I feel like there are people that need therapy and should yeah. get it. And there are people that probably, you know, can, are better off without it. And okay. I, I don't want it to think of one as better than the other. Right. Sorry. So, clearly, not to, like, no, no, no. You're not, not shitting on me. Clearly anything. I have work to do because I'm turning everything into a competition. Feeling right. Asian. I just don't want people to think that, you know, if you need therapy, that's not as good right, as someone right. who doesn't need oh, therapy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's I mean, definitely not true. Absolutely not. And I'm are just- Are you saying I, that she's smarter than you that? I don't know. Uh, she is smarter than me. Like, <laughs> let's be real. She went to a better college than me. <laughs> that's, that's the test and of that's you, the test of how intelligent how you, know. you are. If someone's smarter than you, they went to Harvard. You're stupid. <laughs> um, but she, she said that she's trying to be a better daughter in that of like as children of immigrants, mm-hmm. we understand and con- conceptualize the shortcomings of our parents. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it's it, 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 the, a common shortcoming is like in the emotional support category, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, that I can relate to that. You know, my parents aren't the most empathic people, but mm-hmm. it's also putting another lens of um, understanding to it where, well, have we really taken the time to ask our parents what, what their stories are like? Like what traumas have they endured that yeah. make them this way? And it's also, right. another uh, that's like an extra level of empathy where I think initially I would, when I started going to therapy, I would question my parents and be kind of, I'd be pretty critical of them being like, 
Hey, like why, like I'm, I'm better now, but like, why were you like this when I was this age? Like, why did you do this? And it was very, uh, accusatory. And I'm realizing now like, Oh, I have the resources. I have, there's a privilege that comes with being able to understand my feelings Mm -hmm. and going to therapy. Like my parents don't, but also I just have to, what Kimmy said so succinctly was we should check the burden that we throw on our parents to be perfect people because Mm -hmm. that power lies in us. You know, we can't, we, we, we know like all the jujitsu moves of feelings and emotions and like processing trauma and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, like our parents, we don't, there's so much about our parents' experience that we don't know. So why are we like throwing it on them to be like, why don't you understand me in this way? This is where you you're, you have shortcomings where instead it's more like just an acceptance of, you know what? You went through crazy shit in your lifetime there's limitations to your the our ability to like truly emotionally understand each other mm-hmm. in a deep way. Yeah. So rather than trying to change you or mold you in the way that's best suited for me, mm-hmm. it's more of like, you know what, just accept that and then see how I can be better about accommodating their like emotional needs cuz that's something that I haven't really questioned, you know. Yeah, I, you know, it's about like checking, like, yeah, I totally get it. It's like curbing the expectation that they need to be perfect because no one is perfect. Yeah, no one is perfect. I, you know what I was worrying about? And I I think I said this on the live about Kimmy and what I worry about you and what what I worry about when I hear children of Asian immigrants or just immigrants or parents that were economically disadvantaged is there's a balance there because part of it is that you did not receive or maybe not you specifically, but Kimmy or, you know, a lot of Asian immigrant children did not receive the nurture and care that they, they should have <laughs> it's had. Like, it's like that joke we make where it's like, yeah. what's a latchkey kid? Oh, you mean just my childhood? So what I worry about yeah. is like, okay, like, I understand that we, you know, we should be understanding of our parents because I, I grew up like that too. Right. And I am trying to be like, obviously my mom had like a horrible childhood. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was way worse than mine, even though For I sure. didn't have a bad childhood. For sure. But when I hear other Asian people talking like that, what I'm worried about is that they don't find the balance between understanding that they also deserve to feel pain and anger about what they didn't get as children. That's what I'm saying. But like, like you don't have to like make your mom like cry. I I think how dare you mom like that, that, but like, that's an important, no, I think I totally get what you're saying. I think for me, it's more, I can just recognize it, but then not have to take that next step of being like, why did you do this? Like, why were you like this? Instead I could be like, you know what? I'm kind of bummed. I'm sad. This makes me sad that I didn't receive this in this arena. But yeah. I can just withhold, you know. How about you, young me? Oh, that was it. What, what are yeah? What okay. are some of your um, well, your highlights of the past year on the pod? Let's see. So, I think okay. So I think probably I for some reason I don't talk a lot about being a mom on the show. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but but I remember I think one of the highlights was with Asa. Um, also Akira was like one of, one of the earlier episodes, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You know, what? 
Also, Akira, legendary porn star. We record Galaxy Brain. Galaxy Brain porn star. Also extremely intelligent. Yeah. We recorded that episode on Valentine's Day. Oh my God. Do you remember? Yeah. She brought like Pornhub chocolates. Yeah, and- we, were, we just like, we're like, can you do it? And then we realized it was Valentine's Day when she showed up. We were like, oh my God, it's Valentine's Day. Right. She's like, no one cares about Valentine's Day. <laughs> but mm, I noticed, and I haven't told anyone, but there was like a small part of my brain that was like, I got a I got a legendary porn star in my bedroom on Valentine's wow. Day. This is pretty cool. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we are uh, going to edit that part so, out. No, 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 that was good. Keep it in. That's what the fans want. That's the Brian <laughs> the fans want. Um, no, I like that episode a lot because one of the things that I said on the episode, and I'm feeling more and more now because I yeah. feel like I'm drifting more and more into this divorce chaotic single mom life and I'm getting pushback from people just saying, you know, I get weird DMs and stuff too. You know, I'm very out there. I have a lot of thirst traps and there's like pushback online. And I feel like societally, Mm -hmm. because I'm like dressing like quote unquote, like a whore, you know, like (laughs) I'm like more myself now. As some would put it, a whore. (laughs) as, As people would call it. Um, so like, there's like, now that I'm like dressing more like what I feel like in my head, which is right. just like, ah, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. I feel more and more pushback from society. You know, people are like talking shit about me on the street and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like, for me, I, this sounds really stupid. Cause like I'm talking about dressing quote unquote feminine. Mm. And for me, it's like very much feels like drag because I feel like gender wise, I'm a little like, I'm not saying I'm like non-binary, but like I don't really fully identify, you know, either way strongly. Like I feel like I'm very masculine feeling. Um, And so I think normally I dress very like muted Mm. and sort of like androgynously, right? I had really short hair for a long time. And now I'm like doing this thing where it is kind of like, I'm do I'm like in drag. Mm. You know, I have like purple hair. I put on a lot of makeup. Yeah. I wear dresses and it's like for me I'm just like it's just fun. Yeah. It's like playing with femininity and it's like uh doing this role as of like a feminine woman and and when I see Asa like you know and a lot of people in porn they like really like glam themselves up with the makeup. It's kind of like mm. over the top, you know, like big right. boobs and like big hair and like a lot of makeup and it's like partially I feel like a lot of I feel like what people don't realize about when women do that it does very much feel like we're doing drag we're, we're doing like a gender role play mm. and it's kind of fun you know mm. it's just like hyper sexualized and stuff like that yeah um but that's just the outside but the inside version of that is like being proud of being feminine mm. or a woman or ident you know like female identifying right for sure and the pride, like if you're proud of that, like there's like, you know, like the memes that I like to share, like the dumb bitch memes, like <laughs> it's obviously ironic. Like, yeah. I don't think I'm stupid. I don't think I'm a bitch, but like, but it's like, there's like pride in f- enjoying femininity mm-hmm. that this world is really against. Mm. So I think that I was kind of talking to Asa about that. I was like, you do porn, which is such a taboo thing for some fucking reason. Mm. So weird because everyone has sex. Everyone watches porn. I don't know anyone who doesn't watch porn, (laughs) but for some reason, society is like, that's disgusting. And you're a woman and like women shouldn't do that, especially if you're Asian. Right, right. And I told her like, 
I love people that do stuff like that with the very, very deep intellectual understanding mm-hmm. that it is truly okay and society not deeming it okay is what's fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so it's like, it's like she's so smart. Like, and this is kind of like goes with Anne, who's how I met Asa and mm-hmm. Ishii, who is like por- pornographer. Yeah. Which is also a great episode. It's like women who work in that field have like such a deep understanding of like systemic misogyny mm. and like the inherent misogyny that the world carries against women that own their sexuality and are open in their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they're like working and like spitting in the face of that every single day mm. by putting on like big eyeliner, right. and, you know, like crazy bikinis and walking around and just being like, fuck this world. Mm. I'm doing this. This is who I am. I'm not afraid. And I think I said something like on the episode, I said the analogy was like, you're, we're like, fuck this society. Like I'd rather live on the fucking mountain, you know, right, like, right, right. Like, the, like the witch that lives on the mountain. <laughs> like, I want to be the one that they like burn at the stake. You'd, you'd rather, well, fuck this shit. You know you'd what rather I mean? like, be that than be the, be an account manager exactly. at be, Havas Media. Be or Robert's <laughs> wife that lives in Connecticut, right, January right. Jones. You know what I mean? Like I would right. much rather be like, I would much rather have people make fun of me for being like a whore and saying sh- weird, crazy shit like that to me than be any, any like we're near like what society deems is normal and acceptable as a woman. It is hard because mentally, even though a lot of it probably isn't real, in my mind, I'm like everyone, there's a lot of like pushback for me not acting quote unquote normal. You sure. know, maybe that's because like I grew up in Korea. Sure, sure, but sure. But then when I see people like Asa and I'm like, bro, you're like way more out there than me. Like right. in terms of fame, mm. like she's so like, she, everyone yeah. knows exactly what she does in her yeah. face. Right. Yeah. And she's like not afraid. Like mm-hmm. every day she's like in a great mood. Yeah. You know, like in a lot of ways she reminds me of Karen Chi. Like she's always super positive. Yeah. And I think she does a lot of work to put herself, her mind state in that place, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was like a really inspiring episode. Another episode that meant a lot to me was Danny's episode, My Ex-Husband, which was like so intense. If you haven't listened to it, Danny is Youngmi's ex-husband. And the chef owner of Mission Restaurant, which one of them are closing, but it's okay. We'll be okay. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, they're all going to close probably. Who cares? But uh, (laughs) I'm not going to say it right now because it's, it's probably a trigger for a lot of people to hear the types of abuse that he went through. He had an extremely abusive childhood, like probably like some of the most extreme abuse that we heard on the show. Right. And it's something that I knew a long time about him. And I just, I just remember just thinking he was at like a place with it that I've never really seen anyone talk like that about yeah, and then you know he he talked about his experience as a Korean adoptee, yeah. and that's something that I I don't think I've ever really spoken to someone in depth about what it's like to be an Asian adoptee in America. And, and I feel like, yeah, and how much that has to do with people becoming the victims of abuse. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. A lot of people, it's so taboo to talk about because people are like, oh, if you adopt a child, you must be a saint. Sure. You know, you're sure. like a white savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to say there's prob there's probably a lot of them that are fucked up in the head and they're doing it for reasons that are not savory, you know? That certainly exists, but yeah. I there's both there's both exactly. types that exist I mean, for sure. A human being is a human being. It doesn't yeah. matter if you adopt a child or you're in jail for murder. You're right. still we still have every 
capabilities to do whatever. Yeah. That was like basically it. I, I wanted to say one thing really quickly. Those Everything else two- has been uh, just okay. Oh, and then obviously, you know, I, I mentioned it briefly, but Anne Ishii, yeah. who was very recent, she's like, you know, she's been my best friend for almost 10 years. Uh-huh. She's like one of the funniest and most interesting people I know. For sure. And I feel the same way about her and Asa. Like she, I like, you know, her episode was about her being like a boss, you know, mm-hmm. and she's always been like a boss, always strong. You know, now that I'm like really trying to live my life as like a quote unquote strong woman Mm -hmm. and just feeling the pushback from people that are, it just feels like the entire world is against you. Basically, most of the women that we've had on the show have been women like that, you know? And I feel like really proud of knowing them and interviewing them. Right. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with being an Asian woman. And then the last thing I wanted to say really quick was that I think one of my best moments on this podcast was just like the real moments we had, Brian, as I know. friends. I know. Right? We've gotten to know each other very well over the past year. I feel like you said something once and it like took me by the surprise of the, like cried. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember. <laughs> and, and then I, I was like, I want to, I'm not going to give you a hug, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what about moving forward? What are your hopes and goals for like the next year dot 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 i think the big thing that i hope for us going forward is i feel very lucky that we even have anyone listening to this podcast and it's really fulfilling and like such a great privilege to be able to just get to do because this is fun you know yeah getting to do this with you is just a lot of fun and i just hope that we can use this platform to highlight more diverse voices within the Asian experience because like I said that's something that I learned you know through the generosity of our guests and their willingness to be really open and vulnerable I've realized that my experience is like such a such a small sliver you know I'm not I'm not like who am I to think that whatever experience like my my upbringing as an Asian person is representative of all the other Asian people who live in America because the truth of the matter is it's so much more diverse and so much more complicated than I initially thought. And it's, it's good that, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a great thing. It's a great problem to have. I I have a similar goal for our podcast. I want to hear what I want to hear, like the stories of the Asians that like, you know, I said this in the beginning of the podcast. I want to like be the voice. Not that sounds like really narcissistic. (laughs) I'm going to, but like, I want to, I want to hear from more Asian people that are like, don't have the stereotypical, you know, story, Right. you know, like I want to hear the people that are like, I want to hear like those Korean people that live in LA dressed like cholas or cholos. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What's going on with them? For sure. So like, that's so interesting. You know, I want to hear about like, you know all the different kinds of Asian people that are living in the Pacific Islanders. We know we had Mona and that was mm-hmm. like so extraordinary. The tattoo Mona. Yeah. And people are still like hitting me before, up about like, oh my right. God, I can't believe before that Before she about. pees in nature, you ask for permission. I want to hear those stories. Yeah. It's, I had no idea that existed. I don't want to the voice of those stories so that's weird. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. Like we said, we're both in fucking idiots. <laughs> we're going to have them on the podcast. We're not going to talk over them. <laughs> and we'll just be like, that's cool. I'm not intelligent, so I don't really have much to expand upon that. Please just talk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't say anything. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely a goal. And I want to, you know what? I want to explore deeper 
more intense topics. Cause you know what? Oh, For me, I know. I want to get real. I feel deep. like you sometimes I'll like talk to you about like, we should talk about this. And you're like, I don't know. That sounds intense. For me, my whole thing is like, if you talk about something really <laughs> fucked up, you know, that happened to like for me personally, for sure. I feel like there's somebody out there that also went through that. That's, that's gonna, yeah. it's gonna help. That's like how I feel. So here's to us for the next year, everyone. <laughs> uh, let's hope that the world doesn't end <laughs> for, within this next year. <laughs> All right. Remember to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Follow Brian at it's Brian Park and follow young me at YM Mayor and follow our podcast page at feeling Asian podcast. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. Bye.